Coming live from Phoenix, Arizona, USA is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Dominic Slystyke, fighter pilot, civilian and military instructor pilot, multiple business owner, Amazon number one best-selling author, entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Dominic. Thank you, AJ. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining. And this is the first time I'm actually talking to a person who has a real-life call sign, if I'm correct, called Slice Beyond Maverick. I'm talking about American fighter pilot Beyond Maverick that I saw long ago in a movie which was about Tom Cruise. So welcome to the show once again. And Dominic will be talking about America's fighter pilots, about their lives, about so many of your friends who are helping people succeed. But first tell us what exactly is a fighter pilot doing, helping people? What's the story behind this? Normally fighter pilots are you know, considered to be doing this after, uh, you know, when they are fully done with what they are doing in terms of flying and capturing the skies. Yeah, so AJ, we um, it it kind of it, all of this stuff kind of grew out of um, previous experiences, right? So we had, um, you know, I had started. Uh, I grew up kind of uh, around real estate. I, I then had opportunities to purchase and and start my own business, uh, um, real estate here in Phoenix, Arizona, and then you know owning another business outside of that, which I decided to um, forego just based on the the, the time commitment of that, uh, as we, you know, kind of learned some stuff, uh, what was good for the family, what was good for life type of thing. And then using those business, um, lessons learned, essentially, we, uh, then entered the COVID era where everybody's locked down and we started to see, uh, we had a, a, a class of students that was really struggling, um, during COVID, right? Because they're locked down and they're masked up and they're on different schedules and, and what have you. <clears throat> and uh, I started writing them a short little two-minute um, message via email once a week to just highlight some of the things that I had messed up and and where I had uh, really failed as a, as a young guy. So the message was more uh, along the lines of, hey, don't do what I did. Um, but if you do, here's how to dig yourself out and, and here's how you can do it um, better the next time. And oh, by the way, if I could go back, this is how I would have avoided that in the first place. And that kind of grew into something um, that I wasn't expecting. It was a lot of work initially. And I had, I had gotten some feedback from um, many of the students that that really enjoyed it. And they it, it kind of humanized uh, the instructor pilots that, you know, myself and all the other instructor pilots. Um, and a lot of them were like, man, it was just nice to know that instructors also make mistakes. So we took those little, I took those little lessons learned and I packaged them into what we now call the competent wingman. And so on singleseatmindset.com, we have um, essentially in one place, a uh, it's called the insider circle and that the, the competent wingman program is in there. It's, it's a free program um, and it's um, just a short little message once a week um, to really highlight some of the the new guy mistakes. And the reason I say all of that is that's where it started. That's where 
single seat mindset and all the fighter pilots started pitching in was um, if your viewers are watching, we have uh, this book called um, Single Seat Wisdom, right? And the powerful piece of that was I started talking to some of my um, closer friends and, and now it's, it's grown out a little bit more as we um, have, are, are in the process of publishing volume two already. Um, but it's just a book of 20 short stories from fighter pilots and uh, that business, Single Seat Mindset, we give all the money to a children's cancer nonprofit. So just to kind of sum that all up, it was previous, I, we used a lot of our previous knowledge that we had learned as fighter pilots. I used knowledge as a business to set up a business and then just started reaching out and, and seeing how we could help some of the younger, the younger fighter pilots. And then that grew from there. And, and there's people using this program, the, the competent wingman program that aren't even fighter pilots there. I mean, I have business owners that have reached out to me and, and have said, aside from the, the charitable uh, giving portion of this, where you give all the money to a children's cancer nonprofit, um, you know, fighter pilots have uh, a few things to say about success um, because it's an incredibly difficult profession to be in and, and to stay good uh, in, and proficient. Um, so that's kind of how single seat mindset started. Um, and then it grew into all these different things, you know, the, the book and single seat wisdom and the competent wingman program. And, and we're, we're, we're still growing quite a bit, as you know. Right, right. And just to understand from you, what is single seat wisdom, if you can uh, share with us? Yeah, so on the, the front cover, it says practical and valuable life advice from America's fighter pilots. And really what it is, is it's not a book just for pilots. I mean, if you want to be a pilot, um, it's a great book because every single chapter is written by a pilot and, and a, a fighter pilot. So the, the lessons in there are lessons from all walks of life, from business, entrepreneurship, real estate ownership. Um, you know, if you have a death in your life, how do you deal with that? Uh, one of the chapters is fighter pilot fatherhood. Another one is written by a top gun instructor. Um, and his was on debrief. So how do you debrief yourself um, effectively uh, as you're as you're going through life, right? And that's one of the biggest things that I have found that I lacked as a civilian fighter or as a civilian pilot, and that as a military pilot, I learned was the value of really getting into the details after you do something, after you plan, you execute, debrief, what did I learn and pulling out those lessons learned. So it it is a, I mean, granted, I'm very emotionally attached to the book, um, but I've gotten a lot of feedback from, you know, business owners and just everybody in all different walks of life uh, that, you know, that are looking to succeed. And, and it's the, how do I do that? And there's so much information, so much knowledge out there nowadays. We really focus on writing short chapters that have a impactful and inspiring message at the end because a lot of people will go through life and they go wow that was really cool but there's no action to it how do i put that into action in my life right right and what does this term single seat wisdom where does it connect with the uh, fighter pilots is it that you have one seat only in the, in the cockpit yeah so i mean it is it's a um, the company is called Single Seat Mindset, right? So there is a there's a certain um, type of individual, um, and it is a learned it's a learned experience, just like anything. You can you can you can learn how to play baseball. You can 
uh, learn how to design a website or build a business. So these are all learned behaviors, but the mindset is very important as a fighter pilot. And then as you were alluding to, it started out as single seat. So my first book that I published was for my real estate company. It's called Single Seat Investor. And it was just a compilation of about 14 years of my notes that I distilled down into a book that somebody could read in, you know, an hour to two hours. And it was, you know, if you want to be a passive investor in real estate, this is how I run the business. And so it was an educational book, but it was more importantly, a book of if somebody said they wanted to invest in one of our our multifamily apartment real estate deals, it was a book that I could hand them and just say, hey, read this first because it may not be for you. So it was a way to to, to go about uh, educating my passive investor base. And the reason I say that is single seat investor grew into single seat gratitude, single seat scratch pad, single seat wisdom, volume one. We're publishing volume two as we're recording right now. And I plan on publishing uh, single seat wisdom, a new volume um, once a year. And what's cool about that is every single chapter has a different message from a different fighter pilot. So it's a different point of view. It's a unique perspective. Um, and it was, you know, the single seat mentality when you, and granted, we do have some authors that were two seat fighter pilots, but the, the, um, individual in the back is not a fighter pilot. So really there's a single seat mentality sitting up front, even in a two seat fighter jet, um, where you're the pilot, you have to make the decisions. Um, it's not an individualistic mentality, but you, as an individual, you have to control what's going on in your jet and there's nobody else there to help you. You're, you're it. So you have, that takes a very, um, trained and disciplined mindset to wrap your mind around that and, and make sure that you're making those decisions. Sometimes those split second decisions, um, that can, you know, alter the outcome or the success of the mission. But I will say that a lot of people have this erroneous opinion that fighter pilots, you know, fighter jocks have this, I'll just do whatever I want mentality. And it couldn't be further from the truth. We do operate in teams. Very rarely we do. Very rarely will we fly the jet by ourselves, just one jet at a time. So we we take off and we employ the aircraft with multiple other fighter jets, and we work as a team. So it's a very it's a team effort. But you are the only one in your jet. So you, as the pilot, you have to make those decisions, uh, and right. and those decisions can can alter the outcome of the mission. Right, right. You are the only one who is taking the decisions. And so yeah. many of people, uh, when you are at the top, you know, you are the only one who is taking the decisions. And as they say, it can be quite lonely at the top. Yes. Yes. And it's the same thing, AJ. I, I'm glad you said that as a business owner, right? If you're a business owner, a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, you're starting out on something new. It's you. You're the one. Now, granted, you're not going 800 to 1,000 miles an hour, hopefully. Maybe your brain is, um, but you have to make those decisions. Right, right. And the times we live in, Dominic, it's also quite lonely at the bottom. too. Yeah. For a lot of people. Yeah. I want to ask this fighter pilot who knows not only about the skies, but also can see the ground much clearly than a lot of people walking on it, what wisdom or single seat wisdom would you impart? What would you do you impart to so many other pilots, athletes, business owners, students 
with your afterburner techniques that yeah. you American pilots use to ensure mission completion. So the mission here is purpose. What purpose should an individual move with? What do you tell them? How do you tell them? What business purpose should business owners move with? What do you tell them? How do you tell them? And when you talk about these things, I'm sure it will mean the wider message will be for a lot of people who are wanting to achieve their mission and complete their mission, achieve their purpose in life. Over to you, several questions at the same time, but so that you can answer them at your own pace. You decide sure. your case. I won't. <laughs> well, thanks, AJ. I think, um, and you can stop. There's, there's three things that come to mind um, when when you ask me that question and the, the first one that I, that I found anytime I started a new business or a new venture, um, I got caught up in what, um, I've termed the achievement hamster wheel. All right. So if you can imagine a hamster on a hamster wheel, just running, it's right. endless and you're kind of stuck and you're just, you feel like you're sprinting every single day and, and there's no end in sight. Cause you're on this achievement hamster wheel. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's the first thing I want to talk about is, is how do I avoid the achievement hamster wheel? And I think the big thing is that when you start out, if you're an action taker, just realize that's part of maybe part of the journey, right? So you, you will, it is tiring when you're starting out anything new in the first year, it's just exhausting because you're still, you're learning a lot. You're doing a lot of on the job learning and it's just part of the process. But then at some point, you need to have a, a strategy to get off the achievement hamster wheel so that you don't you know, run yourself out of, out of energy, right? And you don't, in, 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 my, in our case, as a fighter pilot, you don't flame out. You don't run out of gas, flame out and crash, um, which also could be part of, uh, of, of the journey itself, too, because I have flamed out and crashed mentally um, at least once that I can really, really pinpoint. And that was actually one of the best things that happened to me. Um, it was very humbling, um, but it taught me a lot of, uh, life lessons. If you're willing to learn those, those tough life lessons. So the thing that helped me the most with this achievement hamster wheel, and it, it may seem oversimplified. Um, however, I, for me, this is one thing, you know, that I was, that I'm adamant about that has worked. And it's, I, chose to spend five minutes. So I started out with 15 because you wake up in the morning and if you're achieving, you just want to get going. You just want to start doing stuff. The problem with that is that there's a word that the word achievement and success, we want to be successful. We need to have achievements along the way, but in order to achieve success, I need to have a defined path. Otherwise you're just going to be like I was, you're just going to achieve one thing. You're going to be on to the next thing and you're just going to be achieving but then you don't ever know. You've never defined, well, when do I get a break? When do I, did I, did I actually, um, when I started out, is this, is this success? Did I define that? And so very simply what I started doing was going to bed earlier. All right. And that sounds, it sounds cheesy. It sounds oversimplified. However, you'll, you'll see that you'll stop looking at social media. You'll stop watching the news. You'll stop, uh, binge watching, um, TV shows, um, you know, if you, you won't have that extra beer, you'll wake up more refreshed the next day, you'll exercise, your brain will be clear. And so going to bed early is something or earlier, even 10 minutes earlier than you normally would, 
um, set a time and stick to it and get to bed and get yourself some rest. And then when you wake up in the morning, before you hit the gas pedal and start sprinting through your day, spend five minutes. Okay. I started out with 15 or 20. I couldn't do it. I was, I was too, uh, I anticipated the day and I wanted to get going. So I just made it even simpler. Five minutes a day, five minutes. Um, you know, if you're spiritual or religious pray, if you know, meditate, um, close your eyes, sit in silence. Um, if find if you find that your brain won't shut off, keep a pen and paper next to you and write those things down, but then get back to that five minutes and, and make that a sacred ritual every morning because it will really get you going. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at any technology during that time. Spend at least five minutes every day visualizing the intentionality of your day. And then at the end of the day, look back and debrief yourself. Go, did I, did I do well? And if not, many times you won't. Just debrief yourself and do better the next day. So that'd be the first one is the achievement hamster wheel is just something that creeps up on you. We all get on it and we all start running. Um, I found that the easiest way to get off the achievement hamster wheel and to define what success actually means is get a good night's sleep, but then more importantly, the first five minutes of the day, you know, if you're not an early morning person, which most people aren't, become one and just spend five minutes doing that. So that's the first thing. Do you have any pylons for that? No, this is fine. This is fine. You carry on if you you want to carry on because you are making a lot of sense. Yeah, the next one. So that's the achievement hamster wheel and kind of how to how to get off the achievement hamster wheel, um, you know, is spending five minutes each morning. The next one is when you in order as you as you leave the achievement hamster wheel, you need to have a plan. And so for single seat mindset, we're not the heroes of the story. We are the guides. We're the coaches. Right. And um, many times in my life when I look back and I realize, well, I was able to, you know, become a civilian commercial pilot. And then I was able to um, make it through undergraduate pilot training and make it through fighter pilot training and make it through my instructor pilot upgrade. And I look back and I'm like, well, what were some of the big keys there? Well, I had really good coaches and really good guides and mentors along the way. And so if you look at any professional athlete, if you look at any pilot, they had a guide or a coach helping them along the way or guiding them. Because a lot of times if you're a, a, if you're a, a peak performer, you don't really want help but you will, you do need a coach because the, the help word is like, I don't need help. I'll do it myself, but you do need a guide and a coach. And my, that my point being is build a team. If you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, you need to have a team behind you for whatever you're doing. And you won't, you may not know what that team needs to be when you start out. However, as you start charting your path and you start taking action and moving your plan into motion, the people that you need will start to show, keep your eyes open they'll start to show up in your life and you can hire them or, or get advice from them or have a mentor. Um, but I would, um, I would caution anybody to start out. If, if you're going to start a business, get going, put, put enough stuff down on a business plan and start growing your business or start your business or start your entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurial journey, get going, get enough to get going. And then you are going to give yourself some on the job training and people will notice that and they will want to be your mentors. They will want to, to help and guide you a- along your path. But if you start out and you just start approaching people, hey, will you be my mentor? That's kind of a big turnoff for me because I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. You haven't taken any action. So get going. And that team that you build and control is going to be what helps you. 
And then just a quick story. When I set up my apartment uh, investing company, you know, we were doing some pretty big renovations on a lot of these buildings and about 80% of the people that I initially hired, I had to replace with people that actually needed to be in those positions, whether that was my attorney, uh, my accountant, uh, my general contractor, my foreman, all of those positions that I had initially filled, they were the wrong people for what I was trying to do. And so I had to replace them. And that's painful. However, my new team, once I got through that pain, really helped accelerate uh, the business plan and where we were going. And if people aren't rowing in the direction of your business, um, give them some feedback. And if they can't correct fairly quickly and you don't have you haven't outlined what they need to do, it's time to look for somebody else um, that is is working and working with you and not against you, right? You don't want that person that's just dead weight dragging you down. So that'd be the second thing is build a team that you can control and realize that um, if you are a very driven person, I'll do it all myself. You can do that for a short period of time, but you will flame out. It eventually, I've done it myself. Um, it's very exhausting. Um, there needs to be people around you um, that are helping you with your plan and helping, um, you know, giving you a different perspective and taking on some of those tasks. So that's the second thing is build a team you can control. The, the last thing is um, something that in Single Seat Wisdom Volume 2, um, there's an author in there. He was a He's a fighter pilot. Um, he's flown many different aircraft. He's a test pilot and he's an astronaut. Um, and he's, so he's been to outer space. So he has a radically different perspective even than I have because he's seen the, the entire uh, world as a, what looks like a ball. I've seen like maybe a little bit of the curvature of the earth, but he's seen it from a much different perspective. And his chapter uh, from, as an astronaut in Single Seat Wisdom Volume 2 is Plan, Execute, Debrief. Okay, so if we take that construct, we, we had hinted at it before, was plan enough to get going, okay? Um, this, there's this common thing that's called analysis paralysis. Um, I like to call it figuring. You meet these people that are, oh, I'm trying to figure it out. And it's, it's like, well, while you're figuring it out, I've already written a business plan, I've started going and I've started learning. So plan enough to get going, read some books, talk to people, but then give yourself a date. I'm going to plan for the next six months on my business. I'll have as much of a business plan as I can, but then at this date, I'm going to start. So put your plan into action and start executing, which is the second phase. Start executing your plan. Now, remember at the beginning of this, I was saying to avoid the achievement hamster wheel, you need to spend five minutes each morning. So debrief yourself at the end of the day as you're executing your plan. Debrief yourself at the end of every day, take notes. And then the next morning, learn from those mistakes Learn from those pitfalls and re-tweak your plan. Tweak your business plan every single day. And you do that in the first five minutes of the morning. So get your mind right. Get your mindset. Calm yourself down. Take your notes and go, what's the intention of today? And then start executing that plan again. And then you can kind of plan, execute, and debrief every single day. So it, that initial business plan, you replan, you tweak it. And then that next day, you execute it. And then at the end of the day, you debrief yourself and you take those lessons into the following day using your five minutes in the morning and really outline, hey, what are the, what's the big thing that I need to do today? Not priorities, priority. What's the one thing that really advances you know, uh, I don't remember who said this, but what's the one domino that knocks down the next biggest domino um, that's going to help me? So those are kind of the big three things that have, if I look back, 
They're very simple in concept. Unfortunately, we have bad habits as humans that we develop and we get out of those habits and then we, we find ourselves in the same pitfalls again. So to avoid the achievement hamster wheel, I choose when to go to bed and then I wake up and spend five minutes each morning intentionally thinking about my day, where we're going, pray, meditate, do all that stuff, sit in silence. The next one is build a team you can control. And then as you're debriefing yourself, ask yourself, is there somebody on the team? Is there is there a really fat kid on the team that's slowing us down that maybe I need to replace with somebody that uh, rose uh, in the direction that we're going? And then the last one is plan, execute, and debrief. I think one of the most painful things about the whole process is debriefing. So if you want a Top Gun instructor's um, uh, blueprint on that, it's in Single Seat Wisdom Volume 1. You can find out, and there's, it's, a, it's a chart that shows you how to effectively debrief if you don't know how to do that. It's, it's all outlined right there, and it takes you 10 minutes to read the chapter, and you can use it every single day. So plan, execute, and then most importantly, debrief. Here's the last thing I'll say on the debriefing portion. If you succeed... If your plan works, you need to also debrief why it worked because it might have been luck. And that's happened to me where I've I've maybe achieved or gone, wow, that was really successful. But then I go, oh, there was just something lucky that pushed me to the finish line. Because the ones that, what's that? Beginner's luck, maybe. Yes, exactly. And that's good. Those are good things to have. But there are also lessons in the, in the, uh, pieces of success that you might have. And this is the the story that I have on that is there was one day where I, um, there was a new fighter pilot that uh, when their first couple of rides, there's a, there's usually a two seat model in the F 16. So I'll sit in the back and kind of look over the shoulder to make sure the the pilot up front, the new guy is, is flipping switches and, and doing things correctly. Right. So we're just kind of monitoring them Well, he took off and we flew out to the airspace to run through our profile and he didn't fly the normal standard profile that we normally do. And so in the debrief, we're back, you know, so we did our plan, he executed and now we're debriefing. I said, Hey, there, you, you did this in the, in the jet. And I was like, that's pretty crazy. That's a a fairly complex way to fly that um, profile, the air speeds and, and the climb and everything that you did. And he's looking at me with a blank stare. And I was like, you didn't even know what you were doing. <laughs> and he kind of started laughing. And I was like, it's totally fine. You flew like a, like a textbook climb profile to save gas. That's not, not normally how we do that. There's a simpler way to do it. But he had just totally by luck had flown that profile. And so we were able to pull out um, some lessons learned during the debrief to say, hey, dude, that was just totally luck. Um, but had I not asked about it, had we not debriefed it, um, we wouldn't have ever known. And and maybe he would have just kept making the same lucky mistake, right? Until until he, uh, you know, maybe got debriefed by somebody else that um, caught him and, and, you know, maybe dinged him for that. Right. Right, Dominic. So now a couple of questions out of this few points. One is the hamster wheel. Only a few lucky ones would know that they are on a hamster wheel of life and they need to get off it. How do people know that they are actually on a hamster wheel and then find the real purpose that they need to get into? Second thing is about the team. The way things are, a lot of times you will find when you are the one who is in decision-making position, 
many a times you find yes people yes men who will say yes to everything you are the most genius person ever born and that leads to complacency perhaps wrong decisions and others may just go away you will be again all alone as i said either top or, or at the bottom but you will be alone the box stops with you so how does one know whether one is on the hamster wheel and needs to get off is it that some things are happening so you are just these are happening because of luck not actually pushing you towards why i ask this this is that a lot of people may who may be coming to you uh, there are so many of them in life they feel that they have been in wrong positions wrong with wrong people wrong relationships wrong everything even in wrong business that was not what they wanted to do but when they realize it is a bit late in life perhaps 55 60 and that is a lot of regret so how does one actually live the life that they are born for perhaps but they have not realized it how do you do that course correction because not everybody has that wisdom or the single seat wisdom of actually understanding that there needs to be a debrief for them for course correction yeah um well aj a couple of things now these will be from my personal experience i think the the first thing that comes to mind is is pain right cuz pain is a is one of those it's a feeling right where you get to the end of the day and you're just in pain you're 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 burnt out um you're running through life and you don't know how to stop um and i've that's happened to me many times in my life and when that starts to happen you have to ask yourself is this something that's temporary or is this something that you know it's been going on for months and maybe years right so there's that pain piece to it um you had talked about purpose and so how do i how do you know if you're on the hamster wheel well so for me early on when i um so i started a real estate investing business and then i started another business where we were um buying buying stuff at auctions and then potentially fixing it and then reselling it and i have um uncles and and family members that do this and they're very successful at it um but the thing for for me that really helped out was there's there's all these little things that you can do throughout the day that are achievements okay but then there's success people want to be successful in order to be successful you need to define what that looks like for you and you may not know you may not be a visionary many of us are not i'm not but at least start writing some stuff down on paper because that holds yourself when you write stuff down when you take notes and if you're a guy and you don't like to journal fine call it something different but take notes every day when you debrief yourself write things down and what you'll start to see is you'll start to see humans are are we're, we have terrible computers as brains to do complex equations however we are very good at seeing patterns and so for me when i started writing things down every morning and in that 5 minutes that sacred 5 minutes every morning i would i would review some of my notes i started laughing at the things that i thought a week ago were big deals and so as i wrote those things down it helps them get get out of my head it helps me change my 90 second uh real my video that's constantly playing in my head and it helps me define what i'm actually doing and then i can and then I, as i proceed through each day i start to refine my plan remember plan execute debrief i go back to my plan how do i refine my plan the next day well you won't know if you're not writing it down and if you think you're smart like i did as kind of a prideful person 
write stuff down and you you'll start to see how many things you actually forget. And that's what I learned from that that simple process was writing things down. So that hamster wheel, you'll know that you're on it when you are just exhausted at the end of each day. And it's kind of a feeling of pain, maybe regret or whatever. So those feelings will will start that process. Instead of running away from it, run towards it. Go, hey, I feel pain, but why? Start asking yourself that. Think about it. Get your subconscious thinking about it as you go to bed. And then wake up the next morning and see if your brain has already figured it out for yourself. The thing that starts to come to mind when I had those uh, first two businesses that I started, we still have, I, I kept the real estate business um, for, for a reason we'll talk about here in a second, but the, the other business, buying and selling stuff, you had talked about purpose, okay? So we achieve stuff. If you define your plan, then you can define success. And then I was talking to a retired F4 fighter pilot who actually agreed to write the first chapter in, in our uh, Single Seat Wisdom Volume 3, and what he said that, man, the word was so perfect was that when you're achieving things and then you're successful, the next step is significance. And that would kind of tie into purpose, right? Because you had mentioned the word purpose. What purpose do I have going through my day? And I want to feel, feel valued and I want to feel like I matter. So how do I do that? So achievement when you're achieving things, it's, it can be exhausting. You need to do, you need to have achievement, but that's more about defining what you should stop doing, right? So look at your plan and go, I don't need to do that stuff anymore, or I should hire somebody to do that for me. The next piece is success, but it's very me oriented. When I'm successful, I was successful. It's a very, uh, it's good. It's good to be successful, but it can be kind of selfish where you then are only looking out for number one, yourself. The next step up from that is significance or like you talked about purpose. And that is the point I'm getting to is why I stopped um, the business of buying and selling stuff is it was only about money and money will not drive you long term. At least it doesn't me. And I would I would argue that probably many people, if you are solely focused on money and the returns, it's not a lasting thing to do. Now, granted, if you start a business and you're not making money, you now have a, a very expensive hobby. So your business needs to make money, but there needs to be why. Why? What is the why behind that that gives you your purpose? So for instance, Single Seat Mindset, that company we started, and the, the purpose is so much way bigger than me. We give all the money away to a children's cancer foundation. Um, we give um, lessons learned to the current and next generation. Um, fighter pilots, when they are part of these books, they pay uh, or they donate to the can children's cancer nonprofit and then do work to write their story. You know, my company, I pay to get these books published. So there's a much bigger purpose that's driving us outside of that. Now, granted, it's a business, so we need to make money so that we can give the money away, but that's its own purpose. We, we give life lessons, so that gives us purpose. So when you roll out of bed in the morning, You'll know you have purpose because you're excited to get, attack the day. You have stuff to do that's driving that purpose. But it's a process. And for me, it took many years of planning, executing, and debriefing, writing things down, and going, hey, I have this pain. Just write it down. I feel really crappy at the end of the day. It doesn't even need to be defined. But then the next day, you may go, oh, I, that happened during the day, and that really set me off in the wrong direction. So you start to refine your purpose throughout the day. Um, I would say if you have defined success in order to have significance or purpose behind that, that plan 
that you put in place needs to have a deeper meaning other than money, especially if you're a business person. You, if you're going into a career field to be a doctor, attorney, lawyer, there needs to be a deeper meaning to that versus I know that that career field can make me a lot of money because that's not going to keep you going because eventually you're going to find something that you can potentially make money on elsewhere and you're just going to jump ship. So that kind of is the, how do I avoid the achievement hamster wheel? The big thing is when you do get your plan on paper and you're, and you're, you're revising that and editing that and making it better every day, ask yourself, what is the purpose behind this? And there may be a time where you go, this isn't my purpose and it's okay. I've done it before. I shut a business off. I'm like, it's not serving my bigger purpose. And the last one is decision-making um, as as you had mentioned, it is a lonely thing when you're when you're the founder or you're the CEO or you're the business owner. You talked about the buck stopping with you. You will have to make those decisions. And how do you avoid somebody becoming a yes person? So for for those of us that start businesses or they're entrepreneurs that are are fairly action oriented people and you you have an intentionality to your day, people may say that you're cocky you're a little bit arrogant. And then those, there may be some truth to that. I think that over time, you'll learn how to kind of soften the edges of your personality. Um, I definitely have. It's It was getting humbled by <laughs> making mistakes. That's what really brought me down to, down to earth because I made just so many mistakes, um, whether it was in relationships or you know how I interact with people, how I interact with my own team. So here's what I did. Because I was so... Um, uh, people could take this the wrong way. Cause when you're starting a business out, you're, you're going to be, you're the one with the vision, especially if you're the founder, you may not be the CEO. Um, you are the CEO if you're the business owner and you're the only one running the show, but you may not be a good CEO. That's fine. You can, you can learn that as you go. But if you're the founder and you have the vision of the business, people may think that you're a little bit, um, uh, micromanage is the word that kind of comes up to me where you're micromanaging all the little intricate processes Here's how I, um, so for instance, I'll just use my first property manager. You know, we bought our first apartment building. Um, I interviewed a property manager, a couple of them, and I chose one. And when I was talking to her, I said, hey, um, this is my personality. So I told her how I process information. And I go, I'm a fighter pilot. I am a goal-oriented individual. Um, I can come across as being fairly aggressive because I want this to win. I don't like losing. So knowing that about me, that isn't a, that I'm not directing that at you. And then I said, Hey, for the first six months, I am going to be very involved with every aspect of the process. So I just explained how I was going to interact in that relationship. And I said, after six months though, when you and I have worked together, and you know what type of information and feedback and communication that I'm looking for, I just expect you to do that and just give me more information, even if you don't think I need it, and then I'll start refining that. But after the six-month part, I want to start really stepping back, and I want you to take those decisions. And so that is a tough thing to do, especially if you are um, a very controlling person. And so right. I just to hold yourself accountable, put a date on that, of, hey, this is when I'm going to start handing the reins over to these people that I've trained. If you can't hand the reins over, you need to start asking yourself, did I hire the right person? Do I need to get somebody else on my team? Like we talked about before, building this team that doesn't drag you down, that builds you up. 
And so I knew that she was the right person on the job when she would send me information and it would be, you know, there's these three options for whatever we're doing. And then I would say, what do you think? And even if, so here's the tricky part. It's a little bit painful at times. Even if they don't have the best in your mind, they don't have the best way about getting it done. You need to start letting them do those things. You need to start letting go. Otherwise you need to hire somebody else. And so even if their process or plan isn't perfect, let it happen. Maybe provide some guidance from the exterior, but really let that person run with that. And man, it is just going to propel you into that next level. It did, it did for me. It was, t- it was tough to learn that. But I think um, knowing that about my personality, um, it, you know, I'm just thinking right now, like that same property manager, she's been my longest um, property manager. And I just gave her another multifamily property and I said, hey, let's let's just have this quick conversation. Do you remember the conversation we had at this last one? Um, I'm going to make sure that these things are happening. But you also, we also have a working relationship now. I do not want to get in your way. I am only asking questions or going through the jobless tracker or doing this stuff to make sure that I can help you. And I can pull roadblocks out if you're dealing with the city because you can't get a new dumpster or what have you. I want to pull roadblocks out. If you find that I'm getting in your way, I need you to let me know that. And it won't hurt my feelings. <laughs> so those are kind of the, the two big things to sum that up. The, the purpose question that you asked is, does your plan have a bigger purpose that isn't you centric? Is there something outside of you that drives that the, the bigger picture. And then the second one is how do I avoid having yes people? Well, you need to explain how you are as a personality, how you're going to interact with your team. And then at some point you need to start letting the team do the thing, which is put your plan into action. And if they're not, you then need to ask yourself, do I need somebody else on my team? So many slices of life and you <laughs> <for> success, Dom. <laughs> uh, so many of them. And it was only apt that you have this call sign called Slice. How did you get this? Um, from a probably one of the biggest failures that I've had in my life. So um, on any any peak performing profession, whether that's, you know, I played baseball through junior college. I, uh, I love downhill powder skiing, um, you know, and just being a pilot. You'll probably see this in professions like law enforcement, um, any tight knit teams will normally give nicknames to their, their group. And so fighter pilots do the same thing. We don't choose our own call sign. Um, you know, I've been called a lot of things in my, in my life as a fighter pilot, and I'm glad that slice stuck. Um, however, the reason I got that name was I had a very close pass with another, uh, fighter jet as a young, um, fighter pilot. And, um, you know, it, it just, one more second or one other thing going wrong, you know, I broke training rules that day. Um, so I made a big mistake and I had a very close pass with another fighter jet that had my instructor pilot in it. And, um, at the time I was in Japan and the squadron that I was in, what had like a samurai sword type, um, mode, you know, that was, that was what the squadron was. So they said, I tried to slice my, uh, instructor in half. And there's a little bit more to the story, but that's kind of the general gist of it is I had a big mistake. I failed on that mission. I didn't fail as a human. I had 
you know, the, the event, I failed at that event. And then, you know, it took me a little time to get over it, but taking those lessons learned from it, well, there's training rules and there's guidelines for a reason, you know, that can, that can help you with that. And having a, having a positive single seat mindset means taking those lessons learned when you debrief and as painful as they are, learn from them so that you don't do that again. And now as an instructor pilot, I can talk to the young guys and be like, Hey, if you know, if you want a call sign like slice, here's how you're going to break rules and fail and not pass this ride is if you do these things. So here's the, here's the way, here's what you need to do. Right. Right. There is so much to still talk to you, Dominic, but you see, you can only talk as much as in 45 minutes or one hour possible. But then again, I would look forward to talk more about with you. There is, as I said, so much to know, not just about life, about fighter pilot. How do you work? How do you do your stuff? You know, it's such a, a engaging sort of a line that you have. And it's not just about being a fighter pilot. It's, as I said, so many slices of life you could share. So one slice that perhaps was something of a lesson learned, paved the way for you to, to you know, pave the path towards walking on your destiny, which you, I guess, are walking on. Not only yourself, but along with the 40 other fighter pilots, you're actually helping hundreds and hundreds of people find their true destinies in life. So how do people connect with you guys? How do uh, people get hold of these books? How does it happen? How can people also engage with you and get the best out of you so that they can best get the best out of their own lives? Yeah. So singleseatmindset.com. Um, the business is single seat mindset, but if you just add a .com at the end, that's where you can find everything. The books um, on the main webpage, you'll see a button that's called the insider circle. That's where if, if you don't want to spend money and buy books, you can access the competent wingman program. And if you like that, um, those are very short messages. If you want just a little bit more, the single seat wisdom books have a little bit more density to them. Um, but you know, we're setting up the single seat podcast and, um, a bunch of other things have grown from this and we're still growing. So keep checking back. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, there could be even more um, developments, but singleseatmindset.com. And like I said, you can start out very simply by just accessing the insider circle and um, the competent wingman is right there. Um, and like I said, unlike a lot of the programs that are just that annoy the heck out of you, these messages are very short and they have an actionable input at the end of each message is what, what do I do with this information? Cause that's what we're lacking nowadays is people actually being able to put stuff into action. Um, because that's, that's what, that's how we achieve success and significance and purpose. So single seat mindset.com. Right. Single seat mindset.com. Uh, on this note, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ masterclass with Dom slice type. Thank you so much. Indeed. Dom. Thanks, AJ. I had a great time. Me too. 